Please listen carefully. Hello there, toppers, and thank you for tuning in to episode five of the Turn of Phrases podcast. Welcome back for those of you who've been here before, and welcome to the show if you're a first-time listener. Today, I'm doing things a little bit differently. Instead of looking at a phrase itself, I decided, at the suggestion of a topper, to explore why we have the term old wives' tales to describe certain superstitions. Where did this phrase to describe certain types of phrases get its name? As the Twitter poll for this past week asked you, what is it that's actually old, the wives or the tales? Come along with me as I turn this phrase inside out to answer these questions and more. First of all, let's get something out of the way real quick. As many sayings do, this phrase has an egg corn. And in case you don't know what an egg corn is, the definition of an egg corn is a word or phrase that results from a mishearing or misinterpretation of another, an element of the original being substituted for one that sounds very similar or identical. The egg horn for today's topic of study is Old Wise Tale. And while many of the tales passed down by the wives may sound wise, that's not what they're called. We are definitely studying old wives' tales. As someone who chronically mispronounces song lyrics, I thought it was important to clarify that. Okay, with that out of the way, let's move on. I think we should start with the nitty-gritty of what an old wives' tale is. An old wives' tale can basically be any superstition, urban legend, folklore, or belief that is widely held to be true, but has nothing factual to back it up. It's often something that has to do with nutrition, social issues, and health, especially female health, which is one of the reasons for the wives' part of the title, but we'll get deeper into that in a little bit. Other than cures and preventative measures, another common use for these tales were to teach lessons or discourage unwanted behavior, especially in children. A lot of old wives' tales are in the format of short, sometimes catchy phrases. Here's a few popular examples. Cracking your knuckles will give you arthritis. You'll catch a cold if you go out in winter without a jacket. Starve a fever, feed a cold. If you sit too close to the TV, you'll go blind. Tie a ring to a string and let it hang over a pregnant woman's belly. The way it swings will determine the gender of the baby. That's the overall backbone of what an old wives' tale is and what they are, or at least were, for. So when did they first show up? Was it long enough ago that the old in the phrase is referring to the tales? Or are they relatively new in all things human and it's just a bunch of old married women telling falsehoods about cures for the common cold? Let me clear that up for you now. The old thing in the phrase old wives tales is almost definitely the tales. I say almost because I'm not an expert, just a language lover who enjoys research. I feel confident enough to say this because old wives tales were already old when the Bible was written. In 1611, in a translation of the King James Version of 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, the following can be found. Quote, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. End quote. 
Now, I know I said that translation wasn't published until 1611, but Paul originally wrote the book of 1 Timothy way back around the year 62 to 66 AD. So the idea of old tales told by wives is quite old. More reasoning for why the old refers to the tale part and not the wives part is that in this particular context, wife doesn't even mean a married woman. It simply means woman. The usage in this sense comes from the Old English word wif, spelled W-I-F, which is akin to the German word weeb, or wabe. I don't speak German, but it's spelled W-E-I-B. Both of these words mean woman. Now, it's believed by many that women were often more illiterate than men throughout history, and so most of their storytelling had to be done by word of mouth. Even though there's more recent research being done that is starting to show a trend of women being more literate than originally thought, that doesn't mean that they weren't more likely to be the oral storytellers of families and villages. I mean, think about it. If the women were the ones doing most of the child care, then most likely most of the stories children heard, they heard them from women, whether those were fairy tales, fables, scary stories, or old wives' tales. You name it, those stories most likely came from women. Back then, books weren't so much a thing, especially not children's storybooks. So, unless they were reading from, say, the family Bible, most of the stories women wanted to tell children would have had to been done orally. So, women definitely have a tradition of being oral storytellers. Maybe some because they couldn't read, or just some because they didn't have books to read. Either way, this is a large part of where the phrase old wives' tales come from, because in this context, wives just means women in general. Okay, let me break down everything I just said in case it got a little convoluted there. Old wives' tales can technically be translated into old stories told by women. But that definitely isn't as catchy. I know that personally, I wouldn't trust an old story told by a woman the same way I might trust an old wives' tale. The phrase old wives' tale just seems to have an air of knowing to it, like the person sharing it with you must know what they're talking about. Old signifies wise, so an old wife must have good advice to pass along. But now we know that it's not the advice of an old wise wife being passed down from generation to generation. It's just an old story being shared, ones that may have no way to prove their validity, at least not without trying them first. Suddenly, these superstitions seem even less credible. However, with all that being said, not all old wives' tales are completely false. Some are scarily accurate. Some have a grain of truth to them. And some are downright outrageous. Some of them stem from humans trying to make sense out of something. Some of them come from experience. If most of them are totally untrue, though, why are there so many out there that so many people believe? I can't speak for other people, but I suspect it's because most of the old wives' tales out there are pretty harmless. It won't hurt you to wait an hour to go swimming after you eat. Carrots won't cure your eyesight, but they aren't bad for you if you eat a bunch of them either. Eating ice cream late at night isn't going to cause nightmares, but it isn't exactly recommended by doctors to eat sweets right before bed either. Opening an umbrella indoors isn't actually going to bring you bad luck, but it could make it easier to knock stuff over. I'm not going to tell you to believe or not believe in old wives' tales. I don't personally believe in them, but that doesn't stop me from throwing a pinch of salt over my shoulder when I spill some. 
I don't actually think anything bad will happen to me if I don't throw the salt, but I see no point in risking it. I bet a similar state of mind among other people is what helps keeps old wives' tales growing older, a sort of why-not consensus amongst humans. Okay, that's going to be a wrap on old wives' tales, toppers. However, I have another topper request that I'm going to fulfill now. Mariah A. sent this in on the website asking me to look into a bridge too far. She said, I think I know what this means, and I'm pretty sure I use it correctly. But where is it from? Is it from the movie? Did it exist before that? So, Mariah, thank you for sending in the request. I'm happy to help you out with your questions. Firstly, the definition of this idiom is an action or step that is too drastic to take or extremely difficult to achieve. As far as where it's from, being the movie and did it exist before that, yes, but not by much. See, the movie A Bridge Too Far came out in 1977, but it's based on a book by the same name which was written by Cornelius Ryan and was released in 1974. The book itself was based on a military operation from World War II called Operation Market Garden, which took place in 1944. To make the long story of that operation short, the troops in Operation Market Garden needed to take over control of 11 bridges to help with the Allied invasion of Germany. They were able to get control of some of the bridges, but not all of them. So the mission was a failure because they had a bridge too many to handle, which led to the idiom we know today of a bridge too far. Mariah, I hope that answers your questions. It's now time for the weekly metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's just a metaphor. Today's metaphor is the cut of your jib. This metaphor is mainly used to describe the way someone looks and or acts. But why? Well, a jib is a triangular sail on a sailing ship. And some ships have more than one. It's typically set between the foretop mast and the jib boom. I'm not a sailor or familiar with boats. I had to look those up. But I'm pretty sure that means it's the smaller sail in front. What I know for sure is that the exact location of the jib sail on a boat isn't actually important in regards to explaining our metaphor of the day. Only what a jib is and the fact that each country used to have its own style of jib sail is. Because of this, a sailor could tell the nationality of a boat simply by looking at the jib and be able to base an opinion of the sailors on that boat based on the cut of its jib. We know this was done by sailors thanks to the Naval Chronicles, which was a British monthly periodical published between January 1799 and December 1818. It supplied readers with information about the United Kingdom's Royal Navy, news and essays on nautical subjects, as well as other various items and articles. The following snippet can be found in an 1805 edition of the Chronicles. Quote, From the cut of her sails an enemy. End quote. In 1824, the Scottish historical poet, novelist, and playwright Sir Walter Scott wrote in St. Ronan's Well, quote, if she disliked what the sailor calls the cut of their jib, end quote. It's been speculated that this may have been a reference to how a person's nose can be triangular-shaped, similar to a jib, but whatever Scott meant exactly, it helped lead to the phrase becoming used as a metaphor. 
It's been used in popular literature ever since, including when James Joyce wrote Ulysses in 1922. He wrote in episode 16, quote, Though a well-preserved man of no little stamina, if a trifle prone to baldness, there was something spurious in the cut of his jib that suggested a jail delivery, end quote. As I mentioned, it's been quite popular, so there are many more writers who've used this metaphor, and I'm sure there will be many more who like the cut of the jib of this phrase. All right, toppers, that's all for today's metaphorical moment, so episode 5 is now complete. Thank you for joining me again to tune some phrases. As always, I hope you had fun and learned something along the way. Don't forget to go to at Turn of Phrases on Twitter to participate in this week's poll, which will be asking you, how much are your thoughts really worth? Today's show notes has all my other social media and contact information, as well as information about how you can help support the show through my sponsors and through the store. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing or leaving a review, and please tell someone who you think would enjoy the show to help spread the word. Thank you again for listening to Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, tell some tales. Hey, toppers, I know I said today's show was over, but do you like free things? And do you like books? Because I can hook you up with that. If you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash turn of phrases, you'll get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial. Why? Well, because today's podcast was brought to you by the fine folks over at Audible. So again, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash turn of phrases and look over their 180,000 plus titles to choose from. You can download those to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can just click on it if you want. And I'll see you guys next week.